Hello and welcome to Dodging Sleep, the not quite as new as we were last week podcast for Dodgers fans in the UK. Uh, We're just a small group of LA Dodgers fanatics trying to follow our team on the wrong side of the Atlantic. This puts us in a constant battle with the seven-hour time difference and the inevitable tiredness that follows. My name is Ian Blees, or as we decided last week, Bleasy, and I am your host for this evening. Uh, Joining me today, we have Leon. Hi, Leon. Hi, mate. How are you? It was young Ian as well. Oh, wasn't it? Rather than a blazer, I think we've uh, decided as oh, a yeah. group that it's going to be young gear going forward. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter is uh, as 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 lit up on that one a little bit when they're talking about uh, old Ian and young Ian. So yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm not averse to, to young Ian, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, we also have uh, Adam. Hi, Adam. Hey, how you doing? Really good, mate. Really good. Uh, you enjoyed some of the games this week. Uh, yeah, I'm already struggling with tiredness. Uh, I've had like three hours sleep in the last like 48 hours. Ouch. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you've been working all weekend as well, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I've got today, uh, tomorrow off, and then I'm back at work on Tuesday. I am dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and joining us for the first time, we've got Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Really good, mate. Really good. Excited to hear about what some of the things you've got to say later on. So great to see you guys again. And I can't wait to start hearing your thoughts on the first few days of the MLB season, most particularly the start that the Dodgers have made to the defence of their World Series crown. This is where we'll start our show in a couple of moments in what we hope will become a regular uh, a re- a recurring segment of the story so far. I will then force the fellas into making a bold prediction, a bold prediction based on the incredible small, incredibly small sample size that we have observed so far. We will then have a quick look ahead to where the Dodgers will be going next as the season moves on to Oakland before we finally get to Dodger Stadium for the home opener, home opening series against the Nationals. From there, on the back of the Lindor deal last week, Leon and I will try and argue our cases against each other as we enter Seager versus Bellinger. There can be only one. And our final discussion of the day, which we're calling Pitcher Rich, how do you solve a problem like Santana? Don't panic, Dodger fans. We actually don't have a problem with Santana at all. We're just trying to figure out how we can get all the arms uh, onto the roster. So here goes, leading off tonight with the story so far. The season is underway. At the time of recording, we are three games into a four-game series against the Colorado Rockies at Coors Field, the place where pitchers go to die. Scott, we'll come to you first as you missed out last week. Three games in, what have you made of things so far? Um, Do you know what, mate? It's all been about uh, baseball coming back. Uh, It's felt like the longest off-season that I can remember, Um, probably because... Um, usually we've been having to deal with heartache and heartbreak. Um, and it's like we've needed that healing process of several months off. Uh, but because we won it last last year, I've just wanted the baseball back. I, I think I wanted it back in November, if I'm honest. So it's felt like a really long time. Um, so I was so excited for opening day. Um, and then obviously <laughs> it all went to uh, absolute... Uh, Toilet, let's be honest. Um, 
it just very very early on i think it just felt like yeah this this is going to end badly uh, as soon as as soon as betty's you know home run that wasn't i i don't think i've ever seen that in baseball i don't think any of us have um i did start wondering you know whether i wanted baseball back at all but um since then it's uh, it's calmed down and normal services is definitely resuming um we definitely look the, the boys look look ready they look uh think them about course field of course is it, it like you say where pitchers go to die but it's just it's just difficult to get a read on it but the guys are looking good what can i say yeah you mentioned the uh bellinger non-home run there um, there's been a few conversations uh, that, that, that I've seen um, suggesting that Turner could have done things a bit differently. Do you think he was to blame at all there, or is it just one of those weird baseball things? It's you know, baseball is in the moment, isn't it? It's you, you know, just JT is like the most experienced member of the team, pretty much. Um, he was obviously he didn't see any signal from the umpire, uh, and he, his head is in the game. He didn't see what was going on. It's all very easy to uh, look on replay and think. What was he doing? Yes, it is on him, but you don't read anything into that. That's just, you know, it could have, I say it could have happened to anyone. It literally could have, but um, <laughs> you just got to put it down as a, a funny moment, really. We'll, we'll look back on this, you know, when when there's a game 1-6-3 this season, <laughs> we'll look back on this moment. <laughs> oh, we're not going back to a game 1-6-3. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Adam. Uh, so we've seen a few pitchers struggle this series. Uh, Gonzalez and Trinan last night. Um, it went wrong for Bauer and Price in a hurry the night before after Bauer's uh, stellar uh, opening six innings. And both Kershaw and Nelson won't like their numbers from opening day either. Can we write this all off as the cause effect or shall we be any more concerned about things? Oh, I think it's just a cause effect at the minute. I mean, if they're still doing it in like three or four games time, then you start to worry. But I think at the minute, not so much. I mean, Bauer pitched amazing up until that seventh inning. He literally left two pitches hanging and he got punished. It's I think anywhere else he probably would have got away with it. Uh, Kershaw, again, I mean, he, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good either. It's, again, I think anywhere other than cause, he might get away with it a little bit more. So it's, I, I'm just putting it down to cause at the minute. Okay. Uh, before the uh, opening, uh, so Leon, uh, before the opening uh, opening game, uh, there was a minority of fans on Twitter stating that they felt that maybe Bueller or Bauer should have had should have been given the opening day start instead of Kershaw. Um, Kershaw's velocity had been down in spring training, and he had spoke and he'd spoken about the need for the adrenaline that comes with the regular season. Add this to the fact that his contract expires at the end of the season. Are you worried that we might have seen the last start from our famous Dodger Blue number 22? Yes, a little bit, uh, to be honest. Obviously, he gave that interview. Um, I think it was I think it was the LA Times he gave the interview to where he, he sort of speculated that, you know, it could be his sort of last, he doesn't know where he's going to pitch uh, next year, whether it would be back in Texas, because obviously he's got three young kids now as well. Um, a bit closer to home, he's obviously had that experience at that new stadium as well, where, he, where things went pretty well for him. Um, so, he, yeah, I mean, it, you wonder how much money the Dodgers will offer Kershaw. I'd love them to, to you know, keep him there as a Dodger for life. Um, it's the long-term vision which you wonder about with, with you know, whether they're going to give Kershaw a significant amount of money to stay for another couple of years. 
um, weighted against you know Bauer's contract against the need to uh, to extend uh, Seager if if we're going down that route or bringing someone else in. Um, and you know we we're going to need more pitching soon as well. So it's his velocity is down. He's not, he isn't as dominant as as he was. We knew that was going to come. Um, first start of the season though, at cause I was I was expecting our pitchers to get beat up at this place as well. Um, as I'm sure most people were, it's been a it's been a weird series, um, but you expected it at this ballpark. Um, even you know things like the cat running on the field wasn't that strange. It's the cause, you know, to cause thing that happens. The fountains coming on in the background, you you, you kind of expect it, and you, you always know there's going to be a lot of runs and and pitchers going to come out of that place with with a high ERA. Um, as I say, in terms of going forward, I'd love Kershaw to to remain on the Dodgers for the next few years. I'm not sure it's going to happen um, for either a combination of, of his cost um, and you know the the luxury tax and perhaps his desire to 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 get back to Texas. Yeah, I think we'll have to keep our eye on that one as it uh, as it as it goes on. I think um, I think for me, there's probably going to be teams willing to give him more money than we will, and I, you know I don't know if uh, he wants to stay in LA as much as he wants to secure the future of his family, which is which is entirely fair enough, I suppose. If you've got an opportunity to earn thirty million a year, you take it. Uh, and tonight, last game of the uh, last game of the series, no Seager or Bellinger in the lineup. Uh, Arias on the hill against uh, Austin Gomber um, and Will Smith behind the dish. Lux playing shortstop. A uh, few big names not in the lineup, but are we all expecting the boys to wrap to wrap it up and get a three-one win? of the series definitely um, yeah I've got total faith in the guys they they are a much better team than Colorado let's be honest um, yeah it, it's it'll be comfortable uh, but we'll probably sweat be sweating later on in the eighth inning when, when the when the bullpen give up uh, single after single and, but no I, I don't think there's any doubt that the Dodgers have got uh, enough even with the uh, rotation going on with the uh, I think uh, Dave didn't want um, the regulars playing four games um, in uh, you know at Coors Field because there's also it's not just the field it is obviously the the air as well. I mean, you, if you remember, Kenley had all those problems pitching there. I mean, it's it's a dodgy place to be. <laughs> he put those to bed last night, didn't he? <laughs> oh, fantastic! You know, he, he's just he's just the guy. I suppose a, a closer is always going to be that position where. You do your job, people just expect that. When it goes wrong, and it will go wrong, it goes wrong for you know, even Rivera, whoever, um, you get the blame. Um, and especially a fan base like the Dodgers, uh, most Dodger fans, I think, are pretty level-headed, but you get the hot heads, one bad, you know, one bad performance, and he's like the worst pitcher in the league. And it's it's obviously not true. And what he's been through, I mean, the, the fact that he you know risked his life basically. Uh, for this team you should never doubt the guy's commitment so absolutely yeah, definitely not definitely not um, I, I, I've, as you guys know I've always been sticking up for Jansen uh, sometimes that's made me look a bit stupid but more often than not it's it's not uh, and that actually brings us on quite nicely onto the uh, bold predictions that I'm going to try and force out of you so my so bold predictions uh, basically an outside bet um, perhaps something you wouldn't put down 50 quid of your own money but you might have put a fiver on for a chance of a £100 return so my bold prediction I don't mind kicking things off is that Kenley Jansen will get the most saves in the National League this year 
That I, is think the, I think I think the only way he doesn't um, is if the Dodgers are constantly ahead by six or seven runs, which could happen. <laughs> so yeah, um, I suppose Adam, have you got a bold prediction, good outside bet that you uh, that you fancy for the season? Um, my bold prediction is I think we will see a pitcher here at home run again this year. Which pitcher? Come on. Yeah, nearly, nearly. Oh. oh, let's go for let's go for Kirsch. Let him finish with a home run somewhere down the line. He was on fire with the bat actually on opening day. Did he get two hits? Yeah. Yeah. So he's just just keep working that and it'll 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 fly over the fence. <laughs> uh, Scott, have you got a, a prediction for us? Uh, go on then. Uh, Zach McKinstry, Rookie of the Year. Oh, nice. That is very bold, but yeah, I really like the look of this kid. Actually, um, I really think I think the the team believe in him as well. Uh, I I don't think he will, but I'm going to make that prediction that he will. I think he's I think he's going to shock a few actually. So it's a good outside bet. Yeah, I think for, like for me, it's just a case because because he he's incredibly versatile and he can play in a lot of positions. So he will get he will get time, and if he makes the most of that time, uh, then he could end up with an everyday spot. So yeah, why not? Um, Leon uh, I'm going to go with Corey Seager we'll go into the All-Star break uh, hitting above 350 above 350 at the All-Star break I don't, even think that, I, don't, I don't even think that's an outside bet <laughs> um, I think he's nailed on to do that <laughs> he'll be hitting above 450 at this rate <laughs> um, I mean, okay. I mean going, back, going back to batting averages looking at the batting averages so far from, from you know the opening series they're, they're very good um, there's been a lot of hits um just need to score a few more runs. Just just batter them for one night only, um, and then move on to uh, to Oakland. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, we saw how close things suddenly became. Um, I, I forget how many runs we had already scored, um, but um, when things started to go wrong for Bauer in Game Two, and the Rockies put six on us, um, yeah. and uh, we were absolutely cruising up until that point, and suddenly we were a little bit less comfortable. You know, I was still pretty comfortable, but you know, uh, having been having been on the as a fan, having seen plenty of successful comebacks over the year, uh, over the years, it's not so it's not so great when another team starts trying to put one on us. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so, looking forward to uh, next week. Next up for the boys, uh, it's the uh, first interleague of the season, uh, where the Oakland A's will be our hosts for a three-game series. Uh, presumably, I don't think they've been named yet, but presumably it'll be Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer as the starters on the bump for us. Uh, Scott, how do you see that series going based on what we've seen so far? Um, yeah, obviously Oakland have made a, a, a inauspicious start uh, up against the Astros. Uh, I think, are they 0-3? Uh, but again, I don't think you can read too much into that. Um, I think they're a very talented team. And they always, uh, from my experience of playing the, the A's, they, they always challenge. They're, they're a really well-run team. Obviously, the management, they, they get the best out of their players. Um, they've, got some, they've got some genuine stars on that team uh, as well, Chapman and whatever. But um, with the, the, uh, the three guys you just mentioned, May and Bauer and Kershaw, I think we'll, we'll do it 2-1. Okay. Um, 
Adam, April 9th brings us the home opener, and it's a repeat of the 2019 NLDS, which we don't like to think about too much. Uh, we're taking on the Nats. Uh, will that provide a sterner test than the trip to Oakland, do you think? Um, I don't know. They've not played yet, do we? So they could be awful or they could be brilliant. We don't know. Um, I would say they're probably going to be a test, but I think we'll probably do it. Uh, they're gonna have, they've, they've been sat down doing nothing for the best part of a week and a half I think we'll be we'll be game ready they won't so uh, I just think we'd sweep them okay um, well I guess uh, we might as well we might as well do that then we might as well have a look at predictions for, for next week six games three in Oakland three at, three at Dodger Stadium uh, against the Nationals uh, Leon how many out of the six are we winning I think we'll win uh, four so I, th- I think we'll lose a game in each of the series Right. Um, and nothing to be too concerned about though because um, it's again it's you know very early days um, but yeah four and two over the uh, the next six after tonight okay Scott same question to you record for next week yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking four as well because you know even though the nationals are not what they were in 2019 they've still got a lot of talent especially pitching wise so they will and they always seem to give us bother as well um but I think we'll, yeah, we'll, I've got 2-1 for both series, 4-2, a 4-2 split. Be happy with that. Okay. Adam? Uh, we'll lose one in Oakland, I think. Five and one. Five and one. Um, and I'm going to join in as well. And I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go five and one as well. Um I, I, I fancy us to I fancy us to sweep Oakland and lose one to the Nationals. Um, so yeah, so that's how uh, that's how that's how I look at it. I think what we'll do is we'll keep a tally of these as we as we go along. I've got a I've got a, a notebook that I keep, so uh, I'll we can do this every week for the games coming up. And the person who gets the most predictions right, well, they don't win anything, but you know they get to tell everyone else that they know baseball better than the other people do. Obviously, four and two isn't going to help with my prediction of 120 wins, but, uh, or my my alleged prediction of 120 wins. But I've I've revised that anyway. It's going to be 125. 120. I was about to say, do you want to make a change to your prediction from last week because you weren't actually here to make it? Um, always, always be confident. Always um, be confident. I've seen a few. I mean, it was quite funny because virtually all of MLB Twitter was basically saying that we're, the Dodgers are going to like break all records. Uh, and win more games than ever. and then obviously we lose like, we the home opener when yeah. the entirety of MLB is expecting us to well, be phenomenal you know the thing is we, we've seen some of the worst baseball teams you know over the last 20 years that I've probably been watching baseball and uh, we've been seeing some historically bad teams that, but they still end up winning 60 games in a season so you know every game is a is a battle isn't it this is very true Okay, next up, it is Seager versus Bellinger. There can be only one. So here's the theoretical situation. Uh, Sorry, entirely factual and non-theoretical situation. Andrew Friedman heard the podcast last week, and uh, based on the expert opinions that both Leon and I put forward, uh, he came to us for for advice. He's only got enough money to re-sign either Corey Seager or Cody Bellinger, and he wants to know who we think is more valuable. Now, of course, Leon and I cannot agree, so we've decided to get the others involved so that we can hopefully get back to Andrew with our final answer. Leon, we'll come to you first. You're going to be putting the case forward for Corey Seager. Uh, 
hitting 667 uh, so far on the season. Uh, and then I will be arguing a case for uh, Cody Bellinger hitting somewhere in the 230s at this point. So let's see how this goes. Leon. Uh, first thing I'd like to do is just put a disclaimer in that I absolutely love Cody Bellinger. Uh, but for the purpose of the pod, I'm going to put that to one side and I'm going to tell you why we should keep Corey Seager. Um, this is a man who has been with us. I think he came up in 20, at the end of 2015. Um, he started hot, obviously made the, uh, the playoff roster. So he knows the pain that we all feel, that the team feels when we've uh, slumped in and, and lost in the playoffs uh, for, for many years. Uh, he knows the division uh, as well as anyone. And he knows the team. Um, you know, he, he's a very quiet, uh, unassuming character, but he's, I, I reckon he could, going forward, he could be that team leader that, you know, to replace the likes of Kershaw. Um, he is uh, coming off one of the, the, the better post-season series, uh, post series uh, and performances that we've seen in a long time as well. Um, NLCS, uh, MVP, and then straight into the World Series MVP as well. Um, ridiculous performance last year. And it was the Seager that we've all been crying out for in, in those post-seasons. He, he, I wouldn't say carried us, but he was the driver for a lot of the good that went on. Um, in, in the World Series, you know, with that one-two punch he's got with Mookie, uh, he's, he's absolutely unreal. Um, you know, we've, we've signed Mookie long-term. We've got Corey behind him, uh, hitting number two. It's it's a hell of a punch to, to get games, you know, get games started. Um, arguably, he's going to be cheaper than Cody as well. Um, we saw last week the uh, the list of uh, jerseys that were, were, were being sold. Mookie's at the top, Cody's number two. Corey, I don't think he was on the list. So, arguably less popular than Kike Hernandez. Uh, who is more popular than Mike Trout. Um, so there is that, you know, we could save a bit of money um, and allocate those funds elsewhere to, you know, to another starting pitcher. Hopefully Jack Light comes on the market uh, in a few years when the Pirates decide they're still not going to contend. Um, you've got the option of moving him to, to third base when JT's gone and then shifting uh, Gavin Lux across to shortstop. So there's that, that flexibility, uh, which it gives the rest of the infield. Because um, obviously Lux's his, his natural position was short stock, so we've got a replacement ready to go. Um, and as I say, you know, just shift everyone across, stick JT in the dugout, keep that you know the atmosphere going. Yeah, and we yeah he's a bionic man. That's my uh, my final point. Um, he was surgically repaired um, a couple of years ago. Had some huge injuries. Uh, he's got a brand new elbow, uh, which is all fixed. So he's yeah he's he's our bionic man. May never need surgery again. May. May is the, the key word there. Uh, I'll, come, I'll come straight into my argument. And similarly to Leon, um, if we end up signing Corey Seager and we do not sign Cody Bellinger, I am not going to be in tears about it. Corey Seager is playing phenomenally at the moment. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a superb player. For me, I think Bellinger is the slightly better bet in the long term. When Bellinger is hot, he is otherworldly. Who can forget that first half of the 2019 season? And I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet. His ceiling is so high that few in MLB can compete with what he's been doing since he came up in 2017. I'll concede that he has shown inconsistency at times. Rookie of the Year campaign in 2017 was followed by a down year in 2018, where he ended up in a platoon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, a phenomenal MVP year uh, in 2019. And then a bit of a dip last season uh, during the regular season but he was starting to heat up nicely before he popped his shoulder uh, in the postseason and still managed some key contributions even after that. One thing that has never dipped throughout all his time playing for the Dodgers is his defense. 
He's won a gold glove in right field. Um, he wasn't considered last year for the centre field award. Um, I can only assume that's because he played about 13, 14 games at first base because it definitely wasn't down to any defensive metrics that I've seen that he wasn't considered. Uh, I think Seager might be the better player right now. But I think you have to look at his time on the IL through this point of his career. When Bellinger dips, he's still able to contribute defensively and covers a variety of positions while doing so. Um, sadly, Seager's dips have been injury-related and he is unable to contribute when that happens. If I was investing my own money in stocks, I would look at how that stock value had tracked. Bellinger may have had peaks and troughs, but he but rarely uh, is he providing no return on investment due to injury. Now, I do actually think Seager's underrated defensively. I really, really do. Um, a lot of people think he's a third baseman waiting to happen. And while I do agree, I think he still provides elite defense at shortstop. Um, but is he going to be doing that for the next 10 years? No, he's not. Leon's mentioned there that he's probably going to end up at third down the line, and that'll definitely happen, possibly even then a DH when that, when that comes in. Bellinger will provide gold glove caliber defense at center field. Then he will move on to providing gold glove uh, caliber defense in left field. And then he will move on to providing gold glove caliber defense at first base before maybe a few seasons at first base if injuries take their toll later in his career. Uh, I believe that we might be seeing peak Seager right now. He might never be better than he is at this moment. He's 26 years old, 27 soon. Uh, and he is, he, and he is on fire. Whereas Bellinger is constantly tweaking his game to find improvements, and I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Even though he's already won an MVP, I think he could win two or three more over the course of his career. We also have to look to see which of the two would be more easily replaced. There are comparable players to Seager turning free agent at the same time as he does. Would we be that upset if instead of Seager, we ended up with Trevor Story or Harvey Baez? Probably not that upset. I will refrain from mentioning another soon-to-be free agent shortstop who we most certainly would be very upset about. Um, but, if, but in Bellinger's case, aside from Mike Trout, who will never be available for a trade, who could provide an adequate replacement for Cody Bellinger. There might be players in the league that have just come up who prove themselves worthy down the line, but right now, nobody outside California has proven themselves worthy. And that's kind of how I close my argument at this stage. So, Scott. Uh, yeah, I think we signed, uh, <laughs> we signed Bellinger after that, to be honest. Um, yeah. Further arguments, Your Honour. Very Mason. <laughs> Uh, Scott, I know that you were actually looking forward to this segment and you were, because um, you've, you've described yourself as genuinely torn and you can't decide. So you've heard the case for Seager, you've heard the case for Bellinger. Um, have either of us been able to convince you either way? Um, I'm still torn, but you were, because you, you're both pretty convincing. Um, and I think we all agree that these are two incredible players, um, you know, absolute elite. Um, I've always had a soft spot for Seager because of the way he's no-nonsense, does his job quietly, and has just been a phenomenal hitter when healthy. Uh, but those health concerns do worry me still, um, and that's and he is a bit older as well. Um, 
he's in contract year right now and you can just tell he's going to absolutely light it up and he might actually just end up being super expensive. I mean, they're both Boris clients. Um, so, you know, to enter a, a different discussion, we could end up with neither of them, but let's, let's not go, let's not be totally pessimistic. Um, I would say at this stage, um, I, th- I think because of his injury history, I think I would ed- edge towards Belly as well because he is younger. He is, uh, we've still got a bit more control of him. Um, and his only injury was caused by a celebration, of course, with, uh, with uh, Kike. Um, but then I, then I think back to all, all the great moments both have provided, but that struck uh, against the Braves uh, in the NLCS is one of the un- most unbelievable moments. I think we were all just could not believe it. It was phenomenal. Uh, obviously, I only turned up in our group chat on the seventh inning because of superstition. Um, but that, I, I think, if I had to choose, and it's like choosing one of your children, I think I would go belly at the moment, just, only just because of the the injury, which you know could. It's a massive moment when you're putting out a five, ten year, well, near a ten year contract. You've got to think of the health, and I think belly might be. That's the. It's a toss up still. Okay, but so we're going to pin you down to Bellinger at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Adam, so it's up to you to decide whether we get back to Andrew Friedman in this entirely true uh, exercise that we're definitely working out and haven't made up in some sort of weird fantasy. Um, Whether we go back to him and say, you need to re-sign Cody Bellinger, or whether we go back to him and say, we couldn't decide. So, Seager or Bellinger? Oh, God. Um, Well, before you started, I was all about Seager. I've since he first came up, I thought he's just the best hitter I think I've ever seen. He's so good. But I think you're right. I think Bellinger's long term effectiveness probably makes him the better pick. So are we going to nail you to the mast and supporting Cody uh, Bellinger? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, it's so close. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, I would feel bad about not signing Seager so much. Right. Okay. That's how. There we go. So we're going to pin you down. We're going to say it's three to one, Bellinger to Seager. I feel like I feel like this could be that could be quite controversial. Um, I, I certainly uh, I certainly was expecting potentially to lose that based on I suppose recency bias, if not anything else. And um, I would I would just reiterate, I absolutely love Corey Seager. He is just. <laughs> The ultimate just hitter. He when he's on, he's on, and, and I love the guy. Awesome. Uh, so, Leon, if you can get back to Andrew Friedman uh, through the, through Twitter, where he reached out to us and let him know that's our decision, that'd be absolutely brilliant. We'll we'll let him know. Uh, I'll express my disappointment in my three fellow uh, UK Dodgers, um, and I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to Corey privately as well. <laughs> The next segment we're coming into is Pitcher Rich. How do you solve a problem like Santana? Uh, our opening day roster looked like this. Our opening day pitching roster looked like this. In the rotation, we had Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer. I'm going to drop the first names. Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Urias, and May. In relief, we had Price, Gonsolin, Nelson, Alexander, Knabel, Gonzalez, Trinan, and Jansen. 
But then on the IL, waiting to return, we have Joe Kelly and Bruzdar Gratterall, and still waiting patiently for his first chance in the bigs. And after a fairly impressive spring, might I add, is Dennis Santana. So, Scott, I'll come to you first on this one. How do we get all these great pitches game time? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, and that's why uh, Andrew Friedman is paid a lot of money to, to sort these things out <laughs> so that we can just enjoy the game. But um, really, there's it, going to be creative use of, of the injured list, as, as always, just to keep the, the guys revolved around. Sometimes, you know, there are just too many. There's an embarrassment of riches. And it may become the case that somebody is tradable. Um, it really depends what happens with Price. We still don't know what's happening with him. Um, <laughs> we, there is really no easy answer, and that's that's the, the difficult thing. Um, I would, I would, I would say just keep using the injured list. Really, that's the only way you can solve it, or a trade. Otherwise, there's going to be somebody that's going to be disappointed. We've, we've just got too many amazing arms. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I kind of, I, I'm on the same side as you there. I think it's going to have to be some creative use of the of the of the IL, uh, and we'll see what we'll see what they do there. Um, Leon, due to uh, COVID health protocols, MLB teams are working with expanded rosters this year up to 26 uh, throughout through the year until they go up to 28 in September. There's no hard and fast rules as to how these rosters must be set. Uh, the Dodgers opened the season with 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Uh, interestingly, the Rockies, uh, who are opponents for the last week, um, opened up with 12 position players and 14 pitchers. So could you see a situation where they might reduce the number of uh, position players in order to make room for some of these pitches? Pitchers. <laughs> It's a funny one because they haven't really overused the bullpen arms so far this this weekend. Um, the starters have gone sort of fairly deep, um, and you know you've seen situations in the past where they're changing. You know, perhaps it's obviously to do with the, the three inning minimum, but we seem to use less pitches than we usually would have in in a core series. Um, so I, th- I think just you know the the, the solution is going to be fun, you know, phantom eye stints almost, you know. Jimmy Nelson drops a can of coke on his big toe and needs 10 days off, gets a little bit of rest that way. Um, I, th- I think that's probably what we'll see, you know, going forward. Um, and yeah, that sort of creativity rather than sort of switching about the number of pitchers and, and, and position players on the, uh, on the roster. Because uh, there's, there's just, you know, I know they haven't started well. Uh, again, you know, I think as we said earlier, we put it down to the course effects, but, um, you know, Jimmy Nelson, he, he's, Probably battling for his spot still at, at this this stage. Um, you know whether we David Price saves us long term is another factor as well. Um, yeah, it, it's such a difficult scenario as to how you work these guys back in. Um, you've got a question whether there is a place for Joe Kelly going forward because um, he hasn't been spectacular with us. He's provided some great moments. That was more you know as, as we said last week was the, the Carlos Correa incident. Um, Bruce Starr probably is going to be a long-term piece. It's yeah, it's it's such a difficult one to fix for us, but I think Friedman knows knows the rules and knows the game. So in Friedman, we trust. We do always. Okay, uh, Adam, the the depth of the pitching staff is something to admire. We spoke about this quite a lot last week. It's just been touched on there. Three recognised starters 
uh, beginning of the season in the bullpen and even more depth waiting to try and fit in the bullpen somewhere. Is there a danger this, that this could go against us in the long run? Will pitchers potentially try too hard to prove themselves when they get the opportunity? Or will their morale take a hit when they're not playing as much as they want to? Or, as we've just said, do we have complete faith in the management team to look after the guys effectively? Um, I think you've got to have faith in the management team. I mean, the one thing I picked up from the, uh, the off-season is the likes of Jock and Kike always speaking about how how good the communication is from the front office about playtime. I think the pitchers will know going into the season that the playtime is probably not going to be as much as usual, but it's an unusual season because no one's coming off a full season from last year. I think the depth is going to be invaluable, really. Um, I don't know if you saw just before we came online, Gonsolin's been put on the injured list. Mm. Um, But I mean, they're saying it's just a cautious placement on the injured list. We've got the depth to be cautious with those things now. Um, the depth is going to serve as well. People are going to serve time on, on, on the IL this season, whether we like it or not. Uh, and that depth is going to help massively. It's. I don't think everyone's going to stay in the bullpen who's in the bullpen now. Um, so I think you've got to trust the front office. I think they've built a pitching staff that is going to be able to cape, cope with this season. Um, yeah, just going back to Gonsolin on the uh, on the IO, it's actually been replaced by Dennis Santana. Um, <laughs> so yeah, problem solved. Um, I was just thinking about, you said about morale as well. Maybe it was uh, Andrew Friedman in the depths of cause releasing cats to uh, <laughs> Gonsolin's morale. Because we, obviously we haven't seen him yet, um, but yeah. Did you see the press release from, I think it was a press release from Colorado that asked about the cat um, and they were like, oh, it actually escaped again and we don't know where it is. <laughs> so it could appear again at some random point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was interesting. Well. They were just going to release it onto the streets. Um, I'm not sure that's the right way of dealing with a cat, but yeah, we, we could see him again tonight. <laughs> okay, so we're almost at the end of today's, uh, of today's podcast or this week's podcast. Uh, Adam, you were having a quick look for us uh, into the UK-friendly uh, Dodger games this week. What have you got for us? Yeah, we have three this week, which is amazing. So I might not be as tired this time next week. Um, so Wednesday against the A's, uh, 8.37 uh, start. And then the big the big one on Friday, the big ring ceremony, that's a 9.10 start. Uh, and then the same with Sunday, another 9.10 start. So a couple of ones that we, we can actually watch healthily. And we definitely like that. Uh, the I know that... Um, Day games are, are perhaps not always the Dodgers' friends, but uh, but they're definitely our friends. It definitely means that we can get to sleep somewhere just after midnight uh, rather than uh, setting an alarm to get up at three in the morning, um, which I kind of do on a regular basis now. It's just part of my, just part of my life. Uh, so I guess that brings us to the end of uh, this week's Dodging Sleep. If you're hearing this, please let us know what you think. Tweet us at Dodgers in the UK or leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, but not until you've subscribed or followed first. Uh, we have also relaunched the Dodgers fan group on Facebook. Imaginatively, I think it's called LA Dodgers Fans UK. So feel free to search and, uh, and join the conversation on there as well. Uh, honestly, we do this for our listeners. So if you like or dislike anything that we do, or if there is anything that you would like to talk, like us to talk about, uh, then please do get in touch and let us know. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Goodbye.
Bye. See ya.